Women of Science and Music, 30 Celebrations, Episode 12, The Queen of Slime Mold. There's many alas of the scientist clan that has followed her brief in the field. She has sworn, she has cursed, been ignored and abused, but a scientist never can yield. I am Frances M. Lynch, the Artistic Director of Electric Voice Theatre, and you are most welcome to the 12th episode of our podcast series, Women of Science and Music, 30 Celebrations. Mary Maxwell Campbell's March salutes the Queen of Slime Mould, Guglielma Lister, who was born in Leytonstone in Essex in 1860. And you're going to hear her extraordinary life and work discussed by Maureen Measure from Leighton Historic Society, our science historian, Dr. Patricia Farah, and Dr. Gotami Wirakun, senior curator of lichens and slime moulds at the Natural History Museum London, where almost a hundred years ago, Guglielma Lister was the honorary curator. Here's my short musical summary of her life and work, sung by Guion Thomas from Electric Voice Theatre with the Essex Virtual Choir. It begins with the family expeditions in Lyme Regis, where they spent their summers by the sea, collecting, observing and sketching, or as her father put it, Oh, we'll go this day a-rugglin, a-rugglin, a-rugglin. We'll go this day a-rugglin on. There's fungi and lichen and slime moulds to find That we are all for collecting inclined And birds to watch in the sycamore tree And sketches to make of the plants that we see All around the walnut tree The queen of slime mould forever she will be. Oh, we'll go this day a-rugglin, 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 Guglielma list a-rugglin on. Within the walled garden she picks flowers when she can. To display in a vase from the Emperor of Japan. Upon the thatch there are specimens to catch. All around us are species of our living creepies. And I'm sure you'll agree all around the walnut tree. The queen of slime mould forever she will be. She was the queen of slime mould. The queen of slime mould. She was the world expert. Forever she will be. She happened to be a woman. So that would be a common way of labelling her. Her descriptions of the new species she discovered and also that uh, 
her illustrations. And the only other expert who came anywhere near her was her father. No one was uh, doing that kind of illustration at her era. And after her father died, she went on with the work that they'd been doing collaboratively. So uh, she followed her father. The first edition was produced with her father, and that just had black and white illustrations. And then the second and subsequent editions were published by her. Second edition and the other subsequent ed editions that she did with the colour illustrations, are much better. It's still pretty much the standard reference works. It resulted uh, some amazing work, what we benefit today. And she became the world expert in her own right. So I think she deserved that Queen of Slime Mold title, no <laughs> doubt about that. She really did rule the slime world. <laughs> Slime molds come under Kingdom Protozoa. A slime mold is several kinds of single eukaryotic organisms. So eukaryote means that a cell that has a nucleus, like a governing body inside it. Uh, but these cells can live freely through most of the year. They come together in autumn. They are not always related, so they are different, different types of cells, so different nature of cells. And they can move, they eat anything that gets in its path. They are doing essential cleaning job in our woodlands. So once they come together, they are very tricky. They can produce a reproduction structures, many different types and colors and shapes together, although they are different cells. That's very unique. And then they make spores for the next year. And a special thing about slime molds is that Oxford University has been researching on how slime molds are making their network and slime molds, although they don't have a brain to think, they find the easiest and shortest pathway to their food source. Computer programmers used the basic algorithm that slime molds use, and they used it to work out the best way to direct the Hubble telescope to look for dark matter in outer space. They are organisms without a brain who can think and work. And I think that's just stunning that you've got this sort of slime mold that hides underneath logs and most people don't even know it's there used to look at networks stretching out through space. It's just extraordinary. The BBC Focus have got an article on slime moulds. Six slime and society, but they don't mention her at all in the whole article. I first became to know about Miss Lester while I was a PhD student and came across about her work while I was reading some literature for my thesis. I was amazed by her diagrams she made, and most of them were actually colourful diagrams, not just black and white. And I think that was the start. And after I took the job in the museum two and a half years ago, I could see most of her specimens, illustrations, all in front of me. So I never stopped studying them. Her specimens are among the 50,000 specimens we are now holding at the National History Museum. People like Guglielma Lister, Dorothea Bate, Annie Lorraine Smith, all the other women who worked at the museum, particularly during the First World War, were paid absolutely peanuts. They weren't allowed to have a permanent position. At that time, 
science was not paying her much. She was independently wealthy because her father had made a lot of money as a wine merchant. That's something I'd never understood. I thought that Quakers were rather abstemious, but the Lister family made its living by selling wine. Apparently it's an old Quaker family name. The first wife of William Penn, a guy who founded Pennsylvania, she was called Guglielma. With a Quaker meeting house, it's very near. It's still there, at the other side of the Green Man roundabout. Because I know that's where she's buried and she asked for her ashes to be scattered over her mother's grave. And of course, if she was based in Leytonstone, she was much nearer to London. You go up the high road and on the corner there is the walnut tree. Then you go past Tesco and McDonald's and just the Tesco there is where Sycamore House used to be. And it's the Royal Church at 881 High Street. There's nothing to say what, what was there before the church. There's no plaque or anything like that. Oh, so she was there with her sister. She was born and died in the same house, but in between, she certainly had a very adventurous life. Her uncle, Joseph Lister, the famous surgeon, took her and her sister on holidays to the West Indies and Canada and Norway. She went all around the world and had a very, very wide network of acquaintances. She has documented all her contacts, what she had all over Europe and even Far East Asia, like China. Hirohito was a very, very keen biological collector. His first passion was for slime mould. He sent her a sample and she named it after him. And in gratitude, he sent to this pair of enamelled vases. Whenever people came round that she wanted to impress, she would always get out Emperor Hirohito's vases because she was very proud of them. I do have to travel a lot in South Asia and Southeast Asia and also in North America, South America. And recently I've been to African continent as well. It is essential that we discover most of these undescribed species before we permanently lose them. At that time, it was normal for women always to have their hats on inside. But she shocked all the younger women by taking her hat off at the meetings of the Linnaean Society. But she said, this is the world of science, and I am going to take my hat off in here to show that I'm equal to the men within this room. When you read the historical minutes of the Linnaean Society, all these are documented. Not only Miss Lester, but also several other women scientists. Yeah. They fought, and they got the equal status. She was one of the first members of the Linnaean Society and she actually served on the council. She was vice president for a while, which is extraordinary. She was also became president of the British Mycological Society and president of the Essex Field Club. And also as professional scientists, it is essential that we serve in these societies. 20% of my time is dedicated to professional society work. Single-handedly, she must have made an enormous impact and sort of shown how effective women could be at not just collecting, but at analysing, at doing the science and also running professional organisations. The science has changed because of women like her who stood there so many years ago. It led to today's world. The house in Lyme Regis became very much a scientific research centre. They all used to go out tramping around the cliffs together and they amassed thousands of samples. They had a special room and they got their microscopes and all their scientific equipment and their notebooks and they carried on a whole scientific research project down there every summer. The hedges and fields are 
No, it was a huge amount of wildlife in Essex. She has collected from many woodlands, many different river banks and you know soil banks and rocky surfaces and all. So almost all microhabitats she has collected them. All the way from Manor Park up to Epping is Epping Forest. It's about 24 kilometers to the whole way. Epping Forest was dedicated for the use and enjoyment of the people by Queen Victoria in about 1874. There's such a lot to see in the forest. If you go in autumn, early November to end of November, you will definitely come across some slime molds uh, in the natural woodlands. They get clustering with each other from May, June, July. So here it is connected to May. She will become more famous because of all these applications of slime molds for computer algorithms. Yeah, I'm a very, very interesting woman and uh, I think we would have been good friends. No doubt. Actually, she is truly a queen of slime mold women from her century to, to date and many, many more years will be inspired by her work. Mayday Carol, The Hedges and Fields, from 20 traditional British folk songs arranged by Imogen Holst, sung by electric voice theatre singers Margaret Cameron, Jenny Miller and myself. Many thanks to our speakers, Dr Gautami Wirakun from the Natural History Museum London, science historian Dr Patricia Farah, Emeritus Fellow of Clare College, Cambridge, and Maureen Measure from Leighton Historic Society, who, by the way, have a wide array of publications about the local area on their website, where you can also find out how to join them. And, of course, many thanks to you for listening. That's the end of episode 12, The Queen of Slime Mould, part of our Echoes from Essex project with Chelmsford Civic Theatre and Essex 2020, supported using public funding by the National Lottery through Arts Council England. Please head over to our websites where there are many more fascinating stories and music on minervascientifica.co.uk. And you can find out more about the Echoes from Essex project at electricvoicetheatre.co.uk. And why not follow us on Twitter? Do join us for episode 13 of Women of Science and Music 30 Celebrations, when we will meet two scientific poets from Essex, living three centuries apart. The moon.